Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Within our words, an unseen power is set in motion. The tongue is a small thing, but, like a tiny spark, can set a great force on fire. Once spoken, our words begin blazing a trail through the hearts and lives of those around us. One kind word can demolish guilt. It can inspire hope. But the same words have also embraced hatred and executed innocence. Once spoken, our words scorch through feelings and emotions on a level that only they can produce. Your words set up a chain of events beyond your control and of which you will never know. One word can destroy beliefs, harden hearts, or cultivate hatred. But they can also demonstrate faith, display forgiveness, and nurture love. The power of life and death lies in a single word, and we, the image of God, have this power. In one word. Amen. We know it's the truth, don't we? One word can start a fight or end a fight. One word can make somebody's day or ruin their day. One word can lift a person's spirits high or crush their spirits. You see, just one word can uh, bring forgiveness. It can bring healing. It can bring hope. It can bring joy. It can bring restoration. Or the opposite. Words are powerful. I realized this some years ago. I was up in Georgia pastoring a church up there and some guys in the church decided they'd play a trick on one of their buddies. They all worked at the local mill. And about eight or ten of them got together and they decided that when this one guy got to work, they were always playing pranks on one another. But they all decided that they would comment on the way he looked And kind of indicate that maybe he was not feeling well or that he was sick. And so when he got to work that morning, one of the guys walked up to him and said, How are you doing? He said, Man, I'm great. I'm having a good day. He said, Are are you sure? He said, Nothing's wrong. Everything's okay. Are you positive? And he said, Well, yeah, I, I think. A little while after that, another guy walked up to him and said, Uh, how are you feeling? He said, well, I I think I'm doing good. The guy said, I was just wondering, you you don't look good. Are you sick? You look kind of pale. And one by one, they spoke to him. And each one of them would say something negative about the way he looked, 
Uh, you, you just you don't sound right today. You don't look right. And around noontime, they were going to spread this out through the whole day. But around noontime, one of the guys started looking for him and couldn't find him. So he went to the boss man and asked him where he was. He said, well, he wasn't feeling well and he went home sick. <laughs> I'm not making this up. We, we had this happen. And they made fun of this guy. They, uh, he went home for several days. He was sick. He came to work that morning feeling well. But this joke, these words had an impact on him. And I can tell you, even though that was a joke, words are no joke. Words are meaningful. Words are powerful. And be careful, even when you're teasing, words can devastate somebody. And so we really do need to be careful. Now, the opposite is true. Words have as much power toward the positive as they do the negative. Here's a verse that I love. Proverbs 20.15 says, Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. Wise words. To understand the power of words and to use your words wisely and to use your words carefully and, and to use your words under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, they become extremely valuable, worth more than gold and rubies. Most of you have heard this story several times, but it is my story and I have to keep telling it. But when I was a young preacher, God called me into the ministry and I was so nervous and so scared and so unsure of myself and, and had so many questions and so filled with doubt that God could even use me. And early on, my high school principal came to hear me preach. I don't know any other word to use except I was horrified. I knew he would catch every grammatical error. I, I knew that he would evaluate me. My speaking, of, I knew that he would sit there and be critical of me. And it was a difficult message for me. I tell you, I, I was so nervous, maybe as nervous that day as I've ever been in my ministry. And after I finished preaching, he walked up to me and he said one word. Literally one word. That's all he said. One word. Reached his hand out, took me by the hand, looked me in the eye and smiled. And this is what he said. Masterful. Masterful. He smiled and walked off. That's been well over 40 years ago. And I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver, the Bible tells us. It was a word fitly spoken. It was a word I needed. It was a word I wanted to hear. It was a, a, a word that made a difference in me. I know it wasn't the truth. But boy, did I need that word. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit has used that word in my life for over 40 years when the enemy tries to intimidate me, when the enemy tries to tell me that my preaching does not make a difference and that people aren't listening and it doesn't matter. I hear the word masterful. And I realize what the Holy Spirit is saying to me, that I work for the Master. 
And when I speak His words under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God gets involved. And in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of my flaws, in spite of my hang-ups and misgivings, the Holy Spirit uses my words and He blesses those words and the outcome is masterful. Because God does a work in the lives of people. Oh, friends. Words. You see, God has given us the gift of words. And to use those words correctly is a very valuable thing. Worth more than all the riches of the world. A few weeks ago, I was praying and asking God for a great revelation from heaven above. But it didn't happen, but God spoke to my heart. And He told me He wanted me to make some choices in three areas. He wanted me to choose to be in a good mood. But if I didn't choose to be in a good mood, the enemy would choose for me to be in a bad mood. And I preached on that last week. And today I want to talk to you about choosing to speak kind words and how powerful those words are. It's not a long message, but it is a powerful message. It will make a difference in your life and in your home. Everywhere you go. Now next week I'll talk about choose to live at peace with everybody. Everybody. The Bible says if it be possible to be at peace with everyone. Choose to be in a good mood. Choose to use kind words. And choose to live at peace with everyone. Now I know this is a little corny. But I want to read the words of an old song by Glenn Campbell that I just love. If you see your brother standing by the road with a heavy load from the seeds he sowed, and if you see your sister falling by the way, just stop and say, you're going the wrong way. You've got to try a little kindness. Yes, show a little kindness. Just shine your light for everyone to see. And if you try a little kindness, then you'll overlook the blindness. I, I love these lyrics then you'll overlook the blindness of narrow-minded people on the narrow-minded streets. Don't walk around the down and out. Lend a helping hand instead of doubt. And the kindness that you show every day will help someone along their way. Friends, all through the Bible, all through the Bible, this is not an exaggeration. I have so many scriptures in my notes on this subject. We could stay here for hours. All through the Bible, we're called on to speak kind words. We're called on to speak compassionate words. We're called on to speak words of forgiveness, words of mercy, words of grace, words that are filled with grace. By the way, when God gives you grace, what does that mean? That means that He gives you unmerited favor, right? He gives you something you don't deserve. When you give somebody grace with your words, that means you speak things over them that they don't really deserve. But you bless them. You grace them with your words. I'll share another scripture with you here that I love. Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey. How many of you like honey? Don't we have the best Tupelo honey in the world here? Man, it absolutely is. Kind words are like honey. Sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Kind words are like honey. Man, I love honey. I eat honey every day. 
Every day I have my coffee and my honey every morning. And I don't mix them together either. I just like raw honey and straight coffee with nothing in it. And I can assure you that there will be coffee in heaven. I'm absolutely positive of that. How could it be heaven without coffee? And there will probably be the best Tupelo honey in, in the whole universe. Not world. Universe. Right there. But kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Uh, Don't miss the analogy here. What the Bible is saying is one kind word can minister to the soul of a person and the body of a person at the same time. One kind word can minister to a person's spirit, that's, that's the soul, and to the physical body. Just saying a word. Saying a word will pick somebody's spirit up. Just a kind word. I, uh, I, there's a couple ladies in this church that I just love so much. And I love all of you, but there's some people you just, you know what I mean? Some people just go to the next level. But there's a couple ladies in this church. For instance, I, 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 Miss Araminta, wave at me. Miss Mendel, wave at me. Would you two just stand up and come up here with me just for a moment? They had no idea I was going to do this. Would you two ladies just stand up? Come up here. Come up here with me. Miss Araminta, Miss Mendel. Y'all come on. I want y'all to come up. Come on. Come on, I need you. I need you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. There is a gentleman in the house. Come on, Miss Mendel, you stand right here with me. Now I want to tell you about these two ladies. They have loved on me so much and spoken kind words over me so much that I've actually started believing what they're saying. I have heard this hundreds of times. When you and I meet, what do you always say to me? The greatest pastor in the world. The greatest pastor in the world. I hear that. Now, Miss Araminta doesn't know this, but when I'm talking to one of you guys and y'all start giving me a hard time, I don't say it, but I start looking for Miss Araminta because I know what she's going to say. She's going to say the greatest pastor in the world. Now, this is, I said this a while ago. I don't think it's the truth. But I can tell you that it's like honey when I hear it. It's sweet to the soul. And it's healthy for the body. I like it. And then, Miss Mendel. Miss Mendel, talk to us just a little bit. I think you're the best pastor I had ever met when I came over here. I had a pastor to give me the word like that. And that's why I love you so for your, the way you, you preach the word. Amen. 
You say, Pastor, don't you think this is kind of tooting your own horn just a little bit? No, and I tell you, if you keep griping and complaining, I'm never going to have you up here to talk. I want somebody up here to make me feel good. And, and, and to speak prophetically, you know, one of the things the Bible says is that God has the ability to call those things which are not as though they are. In other words, He calls things which are not as though they are because He's God. Now, we don't have that same ability, but prophetically, we can speak words over our children, words over our mates, words over co-workers. We can take somebody who doesn't deserve it, you remember? And we can speak good words of grace and mercy over them. And we can make a difference and we can call those things which are not as though they are because by faith we believe God's going to do something with them, in them, and through them. Can we just have a group hug right here? Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And they are true. I love they are true. They said they are true. Those things they said are just true right there. Uh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to tell you, a kind word will minister to somebody's soul. A kind word will minister to their body, to the physical part of who they are. I can't find one verse in the Bible where it says God is pleased when we're fussing and complaining and and arguing and criticizing everybody and everything. You can't find that in the Word of God. Nowhere. No matter how bad things are, God doesn't want us doing that. He doesn't want us defaulting to the negative. God wants us to be positive people. Of all the people on the planet, God's children are to be positive. We're to speak good, kind, pure, holy, positive words. That's what God wants out of us. And we need to understand when we speak those words that they are tremendously powerful. Yehuda Berg, a writer from Israel, wrote these words. Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. Let's just stop there. Man, that's an amazing statement. And we'll see in just a moment that the Bible actually backs that up. Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively using words of despair. Words have the energy and power with the ability to help, heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Oh, friends, that is so biblical. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. One verse says, another verse says, the words of the reckless pierce like a sword. If you don't control your tongue, if you don't choose to speak kind words, if you just recklessly let words out, you will constantly be piercing others like a sword. Another scripture says, the words of the wise bring healing. You you see, it's true. Words are extremely powerful. Now, let me just give you a couple of examples of how powerful words are. And then I'm just going to give you a challenge as we go into this Christmas season. First of all, words. If you want to know how powerful words are, here it is, friends. Words build a bridge between us and heaven. (laughs) If you want to get from where you are to where God is, 
You're going to have to cross a word bridge. Words span the gap. In, in fact, in three areas. If you want to get from where you are to where God is, if you want to get from, from earth to heaven, you'll need all three of these. You'll need the written word. That's the Bible. You'll need the living word. That's Jesus. And you'll need the spoken word, and that's your obedience to call upon the name of the Lord. If we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And a few verses later it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe your Bible, trust in Jesus, and confess your way into heaven. That's what the Scripture teaches us. You see, it builds a bridge. Here's another one. Words have so much power that they can drive back the powers of evil. That's what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches they overcame Him by the, word, by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word of their testimony. When it's speaking of those who come against the enemy and they put their faith in the blood of Jesus and they drive back the enemy with the word of their testimony. Another passage of Scripture says, Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. How do you resist him? You resist him with your words. Has anybody talked to the devil lately? I'm not talking about somebody that lives in your house. (laughs) Or on your job. Or somebody who doesn't like you. I'm talking about the real devil, the real enemy. Of all righteousness, the Bible calls him. Have you talked to the devil lately? You should be talking to him. And I'll tell you why. Because he's talking to you. He's talking to your children. He's talking to people all around you. He's talking to you and you should be talking to him. You should be using your words to testify against him and to take a bold stand. And the Bible says we have the power to resist him and to overcome him. I don't know if you've been watching movies over the last 10 years or not, but Hollywood has gone crazy with superheroes, hasn't it? I mean, we used to have the greatest of all superheroes. He was just Superman, and we were just happy with Superman. And now there's dozens of them. Superman's still the greatest, I don't care. He's, he's my favorite. But these superheroes, they have powers, right? And over and over, you see it in the movies, they just kind of take their hands and they just do that. Doors close, walls fall, people are scattered. Just, whew. That's science fiction. None of that's true and none of it will ever be true. But let me tell you, what's not science fiction? The supernatural power of words. And when the enemy's coming against your children, when he's coming against your business, when he's coming against you, when he's coming against your church, you can use your words and you can push the enemy back. Praise God. You can overcome him with your words. And it is powerful. It is dynamic. Start talking to the devil. When he talks to you, talk back. I mean, I mean tell him. Use your words. And, and don't try to be theological. 
Just get real with it. Satan, you have no place in my home. You can't have my children. You can't have my wife. You can't have my husband. You can't take me. I'm not up for grabs. I'm sold out. I belong to the king. I'm using my words right now to drive back the powers of the enemy. I rebuke you, foul, lying, deceiving, discouraging spirit. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says if you resist him, he will depart from you. Stop stop acting like a weakling. Stop whining and complaining. Every time the enemy just pinches you just a little bit. Put him to flight. I mean, there's power. How about this? Words can move mountains. We're talking about the power of words this morning, aren't we? Words can move mountains. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and you do not doubt what you say, you will have what you say. That's what Jesus said. I don't know what you think about when you think about a mountain, but I think about an obstacle. Mountains are difficult. They're difficult to go around. They're difficult to go over. They're difficult to go through. Mountains are problems. I guarantee you, the enemy has not left you alone. Every person here, we have mountains in our lives. Why would Jesus give us such an outrageous statement in the Word? If you'll speak to that mountain, it'll move. It'll move. Why? Because your words are powerful. Start talking to the mountain. Start speaking to the mountain. don't, Don't whine and fuss and gripe and complain. If something's not right at home, talk to it. Take a stand. If something's not right in the church, don't get negative and critical. Stand up and do some spiritual warfare. And move the mountain. You can move mountains with your words. They're that important. If, if this has not already convinced you, let me give you this one. I, I admit this is a little fright, frightening. But words are so powerful that they will make all the difference on Judgment Day. Did you know that the Bible tells us, these are the words of Jesus, that we will be judged by our words? One day, we will stand before God and we're going to be judged by our words. And you may be thinking, Pastor, I thought it would be our hearts. I thought God would judge our hearts. No. He's going to judge your words. It's your words He will judge. You see, Jesus taught that the heart and your, uh, that a man's heart and his words are so closely connected that you can't separate the two. And when you stand before the judgment of God, He will not judge you based on what you think is in your heart. He will judge you based on what you have actually said. The words that have come out of your mouth. I want to tell you, we live in a generation very deceived, and most of us have been touched by this in some form or fashion, but we live in a generation that believes that your words and your heart can be separate. That your words can be one way and your heart can be another. We, we believe that your words can be bad and negative while your heart is good and positive. Not possible. 
It is not. Boy, did it get quiet in this house. Whoa. Whoa. You can't do that. That is impossible. It doesn't work. If your words are mean, your heart is mean. If your words are negative, your heart is negative. If your words are hurting, it probably means your heart is hurting. Your words are a direct reflection upon your heart. Matthew 12, 33 through 37. Here it is. Jesus first begins with using the allegory of a tree. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. One way or the other. The fruit's either good or bad. You don't have good fruit on the right side of the tree and bad fruit on the left side of the tree, do you? This is pretty simple, isn't it? He uses some strong words talking to them. Brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hear me, child of God. Don't deceive yourself. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. Here it is. Here it is. Read it with me. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Anybody ready for an altar call? This might be a good time to open the altar and let's just get on our faces before God. I didn't make it up. The enemy wants you to believe that your words can be one way and your heart can be another, but it is not possible according to the words of our Savior. We need to clean our words up. We need to stop being critical. We need to stop being negative. We need to start using kind words, wholesome words, healthy words, pure words, words of encouragement, words of faith. When we speak over other people, we need to do that. And please, please, please hear me today. Don't be deceived and believing that if you criticize somebody long enough that there will come a magic moment when they will just start receiving it and they'll be catapulted into a better, more wonderful person. I, I will interpret that. I know that... I know that was tongues, but that was right on, preacher. That was right on, preacher. If you keep criticizing a person, there will never be a magic moment when that person becomes what you want them to become or what God wants them to come. You have to change your words. One of two things has to happen for that person to change. One of two things. You have to either have to change your words and start using words of faith and words of encouragement. Or they have to stop listening to you. By the way, friends, if there's somebody in your life and they do nothing but criticize you, stop listening. In fact, pray for them because they need it more than you need it. But you know what critical people don't understand? 
is they are the common denominator. The problem lies with them. All right, I've got one more thing I want to share with you. Did you know that the Bible... I want to tell you how, how, how far God's Word goes with this, the extreme. Listen up. The Bible says in Titus, the third chapter, I don't think we have it on the screen, so don't worry about pulling it up. Titus, the third chapter, beginning verse 2, it says, Speak evil of no one. Say it with me. Speak evil of no one. That includes Donald Trump. That includes Hillary Clinton. See, that's how you make everybody in the house mad in five seconds. (laughs) That means Nancy Pelosi. That means all those wonderful people up there in Washington. (laughs) That means your next door neighbor. That means your husband, your wife. That means the person who's the enemy of your child. Speak evil of no one. You see, when I was growing up in Satchapi, my family was not a sold-out, dedicated Christian family. But we had some standards. My mom and dad had some standards. And one of those standards in our home was this. You don't talk about people. You, you, you don't discriminate. You you don't don't use slang words and language about other people. I'm telling you, there were some words, and I hope this is true in your house, and I don't think you should do this, but there were some words, if I said it, I needed to duck. Because it was incoming. It wasn't child abuse in those days. It was just business as usual, I'm telling you. <laughs> you just didn't say certain words in my house. My mom and dad didn't allow that. You are a child of God. You're in the family of God. And our Father says, I won't allow my children to speak evil of anyone. You don't have the latitude. You don't have the liberty. You're His child in His family. And God says, no, don't talk ugly about people. You say, well, pastor, what if somebody really is evil? Can't you speak evil of them if they really are evil? No. No, you can't. I challenge you. I'm not going to read it to you, but if you'll go back and read Titus, the third chapter, it says, speak evil of no one. Do you know why the Bible tells us to speak evil of no one? Because the Bible says, for you were just like them at one time. You were in rebellion. You were disobedient. You were uh, estranged from God. You were just like them. And you didn't need somebody to criticize you or speak evil over you. You needed a Savior. And He gave you grace. Why is it that we would criticize people for walking exactly where we've walked before we met the Savior? 
I'm asking you this morning to just kind of join your pastor in a commitment as we go into this Christmas season that we will choose to be in a good mood. Don't let the world choose that for you. And that we will choose to speak kind words. Always. It's hard. It's difficult. We've patterned ourselves to speak negatively and to speak down and to cut people. And we do it sometimes jokingly. But we're to speak kind words. Here, let me give you this scripture. Do we have the Ephesians passage of scripture? And pull it up. Here's, let's read. Read with me. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. That kind of sums it up, doesn't it? No corrupt words, no negative words, no defeating words. But what is good for necessary edification, that's where we build people up. Would you go home today and build your wife up? Would you go home today and build your husband up? Would you go home and build your children up? Young people, would you go home today and tell your parents how wonderful they are? They are wonderful. They put up with you. Oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm, about, I'm about to depart from my own sermon. You're so wonderful. Would you leave here today and speak kind words over everyone you come in contact with? And when the enemy shows up, would you use your words to drive him back? And would you understand that God's given you this amazing and marvelous and wonderful and powerful gift of words? And would you use them knowing that one day you'll stand before God and answer for those words? You may want to do what I did. And that is, first of all, ask God to forgive you. For all the careless and unkind words you've spoken. In fact, would you just bow with me in prayer right now? I'm going to lead you. And then would you just pray? Would you just pray with me? The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. All, All of us have made mistakes. Would you just begin to pray? Father, I know I've said some unkind words. I know I've said hurtful words. Would you please forgive me? Would you bless me so that the blood of the Savior washes over my soul again this day? Forgive me for every unkind word. I want it under the blood and out of my life. I want to be refreshed and renewed. And Father, I understand today, and I thank you. This is the second thing. Thank you for reminding me of how powerful words really are. Thank you for reminding me that I can put the enemy to flight. Thank you for reminding me that I can speak about things which are not by faith, believing that you'll bring them to pass. Thank you, Father, that I know that my words have the power of death and life. And I don't ever want to use my words again for death. I want to use them for life. Thank you for reminding me of that.
And here's the third thing. Pray this prayer with me. Father, help me today to renew my faith and to speak words that are good and pure and wholesome and life-giving and life-changing, saving words of grace. Father, I thank you for the privilege of ministering your word. And Lord, I pray that you will bless us, Lord, to walk out of here today and that thousands, tens of thousands of words of life and light and hope and help will be spread throughout this community. I pray, Father, that the atmosphere of every home will go to a new level this Christmas as we become obedient children of God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.